This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaren.com. Today is August 14th, 2019. And as NFL season approaches, we always do some NFL Get You Ready podcast. None um, generic NFL. Most times we do, we have Falcons football week where we do the Falcons specific stuff. But we also do some generic NFL stuff. And we always we usually do a preview, either eliminate style or um, steakhouse comparison style, or we do a quarterback steakhouse comparison style. But we had so much fun doing the Eliminate style last year where we did the NFL preview. I think we're going to run it back this year and do the NFL preview Eliminate style. So to get everybody familiar with how it works, it's just like Eliminate. Eliminate. You start with 32 teams and you just slice them off one by one by one by one till you get to the one who you feel is the best. And of course, the closer we get, the fewer team, the fewer um, teams remaining, the more we're going to talk about them. So some of these teams we won't talk about as much, but you know we'll get there when we get there. As always, I got Calhoun with me. What's up, homie? Let's get it, man. What's going on, my boy? Yeah, we got a ton of podcasts, none football related. I need to edit, so I'm kind of behind, but I I really need to catch up during NFL season. So we can have some content for when we're not in NFL season. But since NFL season is the reason we do a lot of these, we're going to do some NFL season stuff. So with that being said, what are your expectations for the season? Just in general, not for no specific team play anything. Just what do you expect from the league this year? More nonsense. I was looking at some of the preseason games. Comcast can go screw themselves because I've been trying to get this sports package so I can watch NFL Network, but they're screwing me on the price. Anyway, uh, the league is at a is at a is at a point where they're just screwing themselves over, and I've seen some of it in preseason. Like right? it has to, it's a physical and it's a violent game, and that's what it has to be. Right now, they're acting like prostitutes who don't want to have sex. Right? It's the prostitutes who don't believe in having in, in giving oral sex. You're not gonna make any money, sweetheart. You gotta get you gotta get in out both hands and get the job done. And and that's what the NFL is. It, I don't know what they're doing, but they take away from the game with all these different rules and restrictions, but I still gotta see some of it. I'm still enjoying some of the games, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. So I I think why you talking about safety and it, the past couple of days, there's been a whole bunch of hoopla about Antonio Brown's helmet. Players going to new, more secure helmets. And we talked about this offline. I'm of the mindset in general. You can knock yourself out. As long as you don't become a burden on the public, then that's fine. I don't know why, to your point, the NFL pivoted once a couple of people start killing themselves. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a sad time for their families. But they're playing a debilitating game, and they should know the consequences. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist for the NFL to say, hey, you're bashing your brains in with a helmet going fast you can. It's going to eventually hurt your brain at some point. So, like, people acting like they didn't know why they were playing, why collecting this money, just doesn't, you know, doesn't add up to me. And I'm one of those people who, like, in general, 
as long as it's not mass hysteria, meaning they're not going up doing Columbine or something like that, then, you know, they should, this should be a, a closed indoor NFL problem. And they knew the risk when they took, when they took the money. It so. seems like it was, it was react. Instead of being proactive, they was reactive. And it's a knee jerk reaction to what happened. A few players sued. Now it's just a, oh, we got to change everything we're doing. That's not the case. A few players sued. Fuck them and go on about business as usual. Well, I think it was more so the suicides of the people killing themselves than players suing. Suicides and the killing of it. So it's a drop in the bucket. Let's be honest. That's a hard fact. So three to ten or however many killed themselves, you can't compare that to the hundreds of thousands that have played in the league. So that's the problem that comes with what's going on, what they're doing. This is their outliers. The players that's killed themselves are outliers to what's really going on. And they're focusing on the outliers instead of just going to, listen, these kids still going to play, still money to be made, give the fan what they want and what they need. Taking stuff out of the game is not what the fans want. I don't pay. I was looking at Falcon tickets today. The nosebleed section is all over $100. You think I'm paying $100 for this NFL? Go fuck yourself. No, I'm not doing it. I actually think the the newer generation got this right. Like a lot of these newer players are retiring after three, four, five years. Once they get that big contract, get that guaranteed money, hey, this shit is rough on my head. I'll just retire instead of making a hundred million. I'll just be happy with my fifty million. Right. And I do think that that's you always in our private conversation. You always talk about broke and how people should learn from broke or whatever. How you have less sympathy because the broke you've seen broke. So I think it's the same thing in this regard. Like, I think that this is one of the ways that the younger generation is getting it for the most part. We're like, hey, it's better to be, you know, short 20 million and still have my health to have all that money and be around here looking like Larry Holmes, Flabby and Sick or Earl Campbell. Well, not so much as should the younger generation. It's just the, the times and sports have changed. They can, make, <laughs> they can make $50 million in five years, whereas players in the 80s didn't make $10 million in 10. So there's totally different how the the pay and the pay structure. Once they sign those different media contracts, pay jumped exponentially. It's, it's crazy the money that they're getting there. With Joe Montana and Jay Rice, they didn't make that kind of money. Yeah, so but it can, wasn't as popular. So I mean, a lot of this is popularity, right? So it's just growth like any other business. Well, I mean, again, it's popular, but well, some of it's popular, some of it's not. I mean. They're playing about nine years. So Barry Sanders did this, and he only played nine years. Remember, Robert uh, Robert Smith did this years ago. So it also goes to how much money that they're getting. You're not getting $5 million now, five years. I mean, it was a contract you get five years, $20 million. That was a huge contract. Now they're getting that easily. That's the rookie deal. So you can retire after four or five years if you're getting $40, $50 million. Not so much if you're getting $5 million. So I think that's the way that is that that is went. That being said, uh, with with that ammunition, the NFL should even more so consider changing some of the safety protocols and some of the things that it's doing, and give the fans what it's want. Because you can be even more violent if they're only playing for five to nine years instead of them playing for ten to fifteen. So but I think I think it's one of those things where the solution to this is really dirt simple to me. Have the players sign a. Full disclosure. Hey, now I do think the NFL should. If you make um, tenure with the NFL, for lack of a better term, you should get lifetime health care. Like if you play for a team for over the league average five years, then you should not one team in the NFL for five years. You should get lifetime health care. But I do think that it simply is 
basically saying, hey, once you sign this paycheck, you agree. I mean, once you sign this, you know, this waiver, you agree that, hey, we're playing a violent game and whatever results from that is out is not the NFL's fault because I understand the risk. Something like that. They don't? I'm sure they do, but, like, if they do, why would they even – like, I think that they, to your point, they jumped at something PR where their base doesn't really need that PR. Like, they're going away from their base when they try to make it help cleaner, right? So, I think that's the problem with the NFL. We'll just take a, I don't know if you want to make this an NFL podcast. No, no, no. It's just, we're going to get to the preview. when we can talk more about that in, in general. So, but, like, I, that's what's that. I think that's the problem with the NFL. The NFL jumped in it too much. So, it's, they apply for a job. You've been working as a janitor your whole life, and now you apply for a neurosurgeon job, and they hired your ass. And now you're like, oh, shit, crash course again. And then that's the problem with the NFL. They jumped into politics. They jumped into, you know, uh, whatever the public is saying. They jumped into the field of public opinion. Can't do that with a business. You have to carry out business as usual. And NFL is the type of business where it has a certain type of demographic. You cannot try to go after the women. The gays, the this, the that, the political, the you know, the nerds. The, you have to go out to whatever your core is. That's what has made you number one in this country. And trying to placate and pander to everything else will be your demise if you continue to go down this road. And that's the road that they're going down. Mothers don't want to see their sons with concussions. You know what those mothers? You know what do mothers do like? Their son buying them houses. Their mothers do like their son not having to work. For 40, 40 years and retiring off a fucking $1,200 pension. So there's a, a, a myriad and a plethora of issues here, and they jumped on the wrong side of it. And now they're suffering the ramifications of it. Also, they lean too heavy. It's just like the Jurassic Parks. After the first Jurassic Park, the second one and the third one, they thought that the blood and the gore is what made people. That what made that thing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. It wasn't that at all. It was the suspense in the story. So the second was just full of a whole bunch of unnecessary killing and left you lacking. So this is what the NFL is. They jumped on the wrong side of things with scoring points or just putting people in the seats. Yeah, you want to see people score points, but you also want to see hits. You want to see kickoff returns. You want to see great plays. And they keep taking great plays out of the NFL. And then you know, just diluting it of usual. This is a Coca-Cola that's been half water, half Coca-Cola that's been sitting on the counter for the last two days, and that's what the NFL is doing to us. So, one thing, another thing that stuck out with me in the preseason, and not stuck out, one of the things I have noticed, is this pass interference rule that they're trying to, it's so awkward and clunky. Like, they haven't, you've done it a lot, but I can see how this would affect a lot going forward into the season. I, I I know that it's an overreaction, kind of what you were saying. It was an overreaction. Yeah, New Orleans got screwed. Yeah, tough for them. It's easy to say I'm a Falcons fan, but back judgment calls are just that judgment calls. And like the what the solution was is to fire the official who made the call, not let's go revisit and have instant replays on pass interference because that just that just takes away from the game. It's a direct example of a knee jerk reaction and being. Uh, and overact. That it should never be a rule, and that's what they do. If something happens with the offense; they instantly do some stupid, dumb rule, and it's irritating to the fans. Not only is it stupid and slow the game down, but you're trying to take out human error. There will be human error. You're right. All they should do was fire the official. They should not have went 
a step further. This this is like this is like buying chicken out the store and shooting it five times. It's already it's already dead. You don't have to do this. This is overdoing it. And that's what they're doing now. And they keep on, we'll put it in for a year and they see what it does. Don't put it in. Just find the official. Just find the official and let us go about business. Not, you know, one of the great offenses is is whining about it, so let's make it to where you can. I've been watching some preseason games. And that is so stupid to challenge pass interference. And it slows it down. That's what, like, challenging holding calls. That's a holding call on every play. That's pass interference all over the place. Just, it can't be just so noticeable or dire. But that's passing, that's a hand fight between receiver and cornerback every play. So to sit here and challenge that is stupid. And that's what the NFL is doing. And that's why they're killing their brand. Agreed. So, without further ado, we 12 minutes in. Let's go on and get started with the preview. So, again, it's a lemonade style. So, just imagine us walking into, like Chris Tucker on Rush Hour 2. Was it Rush Hour 2? Yeah, Rush Hour 2. So, just much like in football, you had one play called and you see a blitz, you audible to another play. We got so much meat left on the bone with this state of the NFL that we're going to audible and we're going to Say the preview for another podcast, but we're going to talk about the NFL and the state of the NFL a little more. Some of the pros and the cons of uh, where the game is now. And I know we've been talking cons this whole kind of. Hold on, we're going to keep talking cons. And in the word and in the spirit of the NFL, let's call out Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. We're going to audible to it. Let's talk about what's really going on with him. And what's as a die, as diehard fans and children that was born in the seventies and eighties, what we've seen from here to now. We've seen the evolution of the game in ways that the game have not been revolutionized, right? So if you take it from the 50s to the 90s, there was maybe, let's just say, and I don't know, but let's just say there were 20 rule changes. I don't even think it was that many. Let's say it was 10 to 15 rule changes as far as safety was concerned, as far as offense was concerned, right? Yeah. Well... I remember watching the game last year in 2018. From 2010 to 2018, there had been over 40 rule changes. And most of them was in favor of the offense. And if you have that kind of pendulum swing, what kind of what kind of product are you bringing to the forefront? And that's the problem that comes with the NFL. The quarterback at this point, this is a fucking, this is a fairy mixed with a faggot, mixed with a ballerina, mixed with a child, with kid goes, and that's how they treat the quarterback. It's ridiculous at this point what you cannot do to a player that's on the field. He's not viewed as a player on the field. He view, he's viewed as a commodity, and that's the problem with the NFL. So stop right there, commodity. That's a good term. He's playing flag while everybody else is playing contact. So or everybody else has to play him as flag and play contact with everybody else. So that's it. It's both ways, what you just said. Both. Go ahead. So it's a huge, that's a huge problem in the NFL because it's a lot of times those unnecessary contact penalties, they actually change the course of the game, and they shouldn't. And they are very, very disruptive to the long-term success of individual players and teams. Meaning, if I'm a defensive end, that's not a sack for me anymore. That's something else. You know what I'm saying? That's a penalty, not a sack. That hurts my bottom line at the end of the day. And I think that the NFL made this mistake by trying to promote quarterbacks and make the quarterbacks like the super, like NBA superstars, whereas 
people are going to gravitate to who they gravitate toward. You didn't need to do that for Tom Brady to be popular. You didn't need that for Dan Marino to be popular. You didn't need that for Barry Sanders to be popular. Bo Jackson. You got so many, and especially in today's world, with instant communication with the athletes you like, you don't, this is actually the time, the time in the world you need this least about making promoting one particular player, one particular group of players. People are going to gravitate to A, as always, winners. B, people who are engaging. And C, people who engage them back. People who are over-communicators, who over-communicate. Those people are always be successful and more marketable than other people. And I think that goes, you know, I think that's been proven time and time again in, in sports, in every sport. And so I think that that rule, the quarterback rule goes contrary to what's happening in society today. Fuck society today, and I understand your point. The biggest, you're right on a lot of this stuff. The thing with the quarterback, when you're watching the game, you're looking for the most electrifying player on the field. And there's only one electrifying quarterback, which is probably Pat Mahomes. So you're looking at wide receivers and running backs. Those are the ones that excite. Let's be honest. Or big hits. You've taken away big hits. So now you're looking for running backs and wide receiver skill players to make different juke moves and plays, to make it electrifying. Quarterbacks are not LeBron James. They're not Steph Curry. They're not none of that stuff. They're the quarterback of a team. That's what they are. A lot of them are very, very vanilla. It's very rare you have one that is fucking Rocky Road or, or like, the best they could be a lot of times is Butter Pecan without an outlier of Patrick Mahomes. And that's the thing about them. They put so much emphasis on the quarterback position. And, yes, it is a very important part on football, but as a fan, it is not the most important thing. You're not tuning in to Matt Ryan. You're tuning in to Julio Jones. You're not tuning in to – I disagree with that. I don't think you tune in to Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. I think think football is the whole thing. I think it is the – I think you're looking at the whole picture and not just one particular part. So, like, and that's even more reason why one position doesn't need to be propped up and other positions put down because football is a game that you have to take it all in at one time to really appreciate it. And because as great as Julio is, you know, I'm not as big as y'all are, he's only going to touch the ball 25% of the Falcons' plays. And that's any great person, even the quarterback. He's only going to have the ball in his hand. He touches the ball every play. But you got to think, half of those plays, he's getting the ball out of his hands, and he's not even a part of the play. So, like, I I don't think you – I think that football, and I think his fans, that's why they always show wide-angle football. That's why they don't just show the quarterback, focus on him every play. They could could easily do the coach's view where it's from behind the quarterback, and you just basically see the quarterback, the guard, and then follow the ball. But it's a reason they don't do that because – Football is a game that's best enjoyed why, you know, top-down kind of, big-picture kind of enjoy. And so I think that I think that that's another reason why this is a really bad rule because it's, it, it, it just does it, – it goes counter to society, counter to how the game is viewed, and it makes no sense. Like, it makes no competitive sense. It gives the offense a huge advantage for, like you said, people who – Tom Brady is – what is special about Tom Brady off the field? Nothing. What's special about him on the field? He wins. The next person who's going to be the next winner is going to be, he's going to get the accolades. The previous winner got accolades. Joe Montana got just as much accolades in his time as Tom Brady is in his time. So, I mean, like you don't have to be anything special. You don't have to be a quarterback to get all that. Ray Lewis got it. 
Red, previous generation. Reggie White, the defensive end, got it. You know, Dion got it. Like it's gonna be people. Barry Sanders got it. Barry Sanders got it. Your players gonna get you looked at, and then in today's world, you can promote yourself outside of the game to make oh Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham may be the most popular player in the league. Is he one of the a hundred um, best players in individually? Yes. Do you need him to win anything? Fuck no. Has he won anything? Fuck no. But he's still popular. So again, there are ways where you can be popular and promote. With athletes promoting themselves nowadays, as the league, you don't even have to promote them. You just let the game play as it play. Absolutely right. I totally agree. You called me on that one. That's absolutely right. And that's the problem in the NFL. And then they took, they took the probably the most boring position to do that at. Right now, the biggest player in the NFL, you mentioned it, the most popular is probably Odell Beckham. The biggest, most dominant one is Aaron Donald. And he's in. He's not a skilled player. He's not on the ends. He's not a cornerback. He's a fucking D tackle. And that's what the NFL. He's probably the best in player in the NFL. Ain't no. He is the best player in the NFL. But right, he he's he's so much, and he's at the position. He's at probably besides offensive lineman, offensive guard. He's at a position that does not get recognition by NFL standards. Well, uh, Reggie White got recognition. Bruce Smith, that's the man, Lawrence Taylor. You can get recognition in those positions. I just think that this rule makes us focus on the quarterback where people like him go under the radar. Just If Aaron Donald, same stats, yesteryears in the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, probably. Not a problem. He's just as popular. He's on the Chunky Campbell's commercial and everything. Wheaties box. Exactly. Have his own cartoon in the 80s. Exactly. It's just he... The the rules make us focus on the quarterback, and that's a problem. And that's a major problem. And I think one of the biggest problems we have people who who are, who are making rules that should not be making rules. And we have disgruntled, old, over the hill, spiteful players that has too much of a say so. And I think that plays a role in a lot of these things when it comes to the NFL. So I want to mix that in with them also trying to grow their market, right? So, like, the NFL blew up, and so now I think they've tapped out on, hey, their demographic is, hey, we got 80% of males between 18 to 50, 18 to 60. We have to find a way to grow so we can make more money. And that's where I think you are are a person who doesn't like capitalism. I think that the the quest to always make more money leads us down this path. Well, how can we get more? That's where they went wrong. So, it's not a person I don't like capitalism. They have money. They had all their cash being made. Coca-Cola has an ingredient in their product, which is why you keep drinking Coca-Cola. But in the essence to get millennials or other, or other motherfuckers, they go on the green lose weight program and take you know sugar out of the Coca-Cola. Now your your base don't even like that shit, and the millennials don't give a fuck about you enough to be a, a, a consumer. And that's the problem with NFL. Your 18 to 60 range is where you need to stay. Now, you welcome everybody else in. You don't shun nobody else. You know, you welcome women in. You welcome, you know, younger audiences in. You welcome foreigners in. You welcome them in. But you do not change your product to welcome them in because tried and true, these are the individuals that are going to make you the money. The 18 to 60-year-old male, white, black, whatever it is, the male is going to make you the money. And I think they went wrong in trying to diversify what they're doing. So if if, tech, if technology is what you're what you're good at, Bill Gates is good at technology. He's Microsoft. Bill Gates don't need to be an old. 
So I think that I think that I completely agree with you. I think that one of the things, and we're gonna start talking about some pros, is they've done some good things, but they minimalized the good things they've done. They've done the hey, we're working with technology companies to improve, you know, helmets to improve condition to improve recognizing certain medical diagnoses. They did the reaching out to women. Hey, learn football with your man, for your man type campaigns. They minimalized those campaigns, but they have a lot of good campaigns. The flag football for the kids to play now and stuff. They have a lot of good campaigns to get engaged other people without having to change the game. And I think that there's nothing wrong with them saying, like, now they promote flag football. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we think you should, NFL programs will be flagged until the 13 or 14, whatever the number is. And at this point, the research has shown that their bodies can handle the the contact that it brings or that they will be able to handle the proper teaching so that they won't get any concussions. So you can sell that to moms. You can sell moms, hey, we work with Redale to come up with a helmet that knocks concussions down 85%. You can sell that on parents. You can sell that, hey, women, come learn the game in this NFL-friendly place so you can be around your man and that can be a way y'all spend time together. Like, they have programs for that stuff. They just minimize it. And they instead of just promoting the good programs they have, they try to shift the rules, which, you know, is another problem. But going to the pros, this helmet controversy, we talked about at the beginning. This is a overall good thing. Even though people may not like it, even though the helmets may be heavier, uncomfortable. Oh, 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 Antonio Brown don't like it. And, you, and you're right. Go ahead. I'm sorry if I interrupt you. Keep going. I mean, it's just whatever you don't like about it, the overall impact of it will be positive. That's the point. So this is what we needed. So when players was killing themselves and that, that, that lawsuit happened, just because a nigga like Jamal Lewis was broke and wanted to sue for it because he had his shot, for more money. This is what you needed. This is the reaction that should have taken place. Okay, now how do we te- technically get better? How do we have better equipment for players? That's what you need. Not taking hits out the game, but making the equipment better so they're not hurt. And the so monitoring. Now they have better equipment and better monitoring. So it's not just right. a, oh, you got your bear wrong, go right back in. The, oh, here, you need to pass these series of tests. And if right. you pass them, you go in. If you don't, you stay. And now you have a concussion. You're out four weeks because science has told us four weeks is the time. Two weeks is the time it takes to get over concussion. But we're giving you an extra two weeks because we understand it's a sensitive situation and we're concerned about your long-term health. Those are some of the pros. Now, of course, out of every, it takes a negative to make a positive a lot of times in the world. But that's a pro that came from all this, to your point. And, and, the, and the compounder goes back to we have a a loved one, uh, our, the great, the legendary Mr. M.O.B., his son plays. And one of the things he was telling us when we was even with him is, after so many concussions, you can't play anymore. And I think that's something that needs to, now, as he was saying, it needs to be monitored better. But that's something that also should be instituted in. Well, that is instituted in. You're absolutely right. The programs they have, they sh- that's what they should be focusing on. And, and, the te- and the technical advances that they have is is outstanding. And that's what they should be focused on. But the knee-jerk reactions for these rule changes and taking stuff out of the game, that should be the that should be the no-no that's going on with the NFL. And that's what's happening with the NFL, which leads to what we have to suffer through as fans. People don't realize this. This is, this is the safest time to play football in the history of football. I'm without a doubt. I'm going to tell you something, though, as a fan. What do you want when you watch football? You want fucking plays and you want violence. That's what you want. It's like gladiator sport. 
you, you can't sit here. You said something best a couple of weeks ago when we was talking personally. When people talk about football, how dangerous it is. We still watch UFC in boxing. Somebody That's just crazy. died in boxing two weeks ago. Somebody just died in that motherfucker. Nobody said a word. You heard, uh, you know, this is our so-and-so died. He leaves behind whatever. You know, God race. And then it was, what would happen with Dante Wilder and the Fury rematch? Like, nobody is, what is a new UFC match? So, the NFL, again, need to stop trying to be this advocate for whatever stances that they're trying to take or taking these political stances because it's screwing them in the end. It goes back to what you're saying about that four-letter network that we don't like. I was just talking to you about how trash they are now. And you were saying that they're going to get away from politics and get back to sports. Guess what? And then they should have been got back to sports. That's how you stay out of this shit because if you choose sides, you picked your side. And in sports, this is where everybody come to watch. So you have a racist white guy, you have an urban black guy, you have a gay guy, you have everything in this thing. It's for everybody. This is where it's for everybody. So you cannot go that route. And that's the route that the NFL went, and that's what this generation does. It lures everyone in with this false bullshit and this false safetyness. And then you get into this muck, and now you realize you screwed up. I, I disagree with that because I think the NBA is much younger than the NFL, and they kept their hands cleans out of there. I think and that, baseball. But that being said, they lured it. They wasn't no nope. baseball and the NBA combined is not as big as the NFL. I completely agree, but I think the, to your point, NFL picked a side and they picked the wrong side. And what happened? We talk about Trump a lot. Trump stirred the fire just because he wanted a team, and they didn't want to send the Buffalo Bills. So like you have that, you have somebody who's gonna push you to say something about it one way or the other and you fall into it and say something about it one way or the other and now the other hand don't like what you said so they're like we're gonna go the other way and when the nfl all they have to do is say we're not a political you know keep your politics to yourself we're just here to relieve stress on sunday give people an outlet from their normal everyday life to we we undercut that this is entertainment like you hear that in a big picture sense, like oh, sports is just entertainment. But you don't you forget about that in the actual sports themselves. They forget about that. Sports is such a big business nowadays. The NFL is entertainment. It's here. All sports are entertainment. They're just here unless you work in it. Is to make basically make other people's lives more enjoyable by providing them some relief from whether from work from life or whatever. So. The NFL forgot that that they are in a, an entertainment company first, then you know whatever else they are. They forgot that and started to say, "Hey, let's interject our politics or give a response to interjected politics and go from there." And like you said, whatever side they picked, there was no, you couldn't win. So exactly, you're you're exactly right. Now I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, I forgot that Trump <laughs> was trying to buy. A team. What if he did that strategically? Because you you can't put in their pass that guy. What if he strategically did that because they fucked him on that team? Oh, it was strategic. Like he <laughs> he paid he's paid enough to be like you don't want to you know. You screw me now, I screw you. Yeah, you screw. We're gonna see who butt what in the words of Ed once. We're gonna see who butt fucks who in the end. Right. <laughs> so that would be interesting. I mean, I I don't think it's that hard to draw the lines between that. That's exactly what happened. Trump is a petty motherfucker who has power, and now uh, other guys who have power, but he has the ultimate power in the voice. Who's the owner of the 
Chicago Bears. Who knows? Trump, everybody knows. Trump has been in our lives since we've been alive, and we're almost 40. Since we children. I remember when that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode. Forget that. I remember in 1985, he was the world's richest man. Right, I remember that. He was dating Zsa Zsa Gabor and all them. I remember that he used to be on the news every night. Man, right. and so like, this ain't a Trump love session. It's just the point that you weren't going to win that war with him. And so like, to get put sucked into that war with him was stupid. Like, it should have been something where Roger Goodell, this is what Roger Goodell is as a job to be like, hey, you know, everybody has their own personal views. We in the NFL, we do not side one way or the other. Your personal views are your personal views. Your political views are your political views. We're here to provide. He only, he only getting a check and he only plays, you know, slave master in the NFL. But that should have been what the owners told him, Roger. We're not siding with anybody or anything. This is what we're going to say. Hey, we're here to provide entertainment and relief from life's and that struggles. was their downfall. And that, and that was on display. Major, major display doing all these things, especially Callan Kaepernick. They like the guy who was a millionaire. You know, kill billionaires essentially. Now, not all the way because he's not back in the league, but a millionaire had a bigger voice than billionaires. And that's what they, they dropped the ball. That being said, let's pivot in the bridge going to the pros of the NFL. What do you think about this whole Rock Nation deal that they got with Jay Z? I was just talking to Z. He's been on podcast before about it earlier today. Uh, I think it's one of those things that they're trying to get those people back or engage. You know, that quote-unquote woke for the urban community, right? And Jay-Z is the most non-threatening, stamped, for lack of a better term, person who can do that. So they want they want to come off as, hey, we're not just old white guys with no, you know, with no understanding of the world. We have some understanding. We're, we are hip. We can be that hip uncle if we need to be. And I think that this is the way to do that. So I think this was one of those we need a house nigga to get the niggas in and to keep the niggas in place. Me personally, and Jay Z always comes in good at this stuff. So. I mean, he's just a non-threatening black person, right? You know what I'm saying? And he does have a following. So like, when so, so I, th- I think this is one of those let's get on some crunk. So I agree with that. I say is let's get a, let's give let's throw a bone that way. I will agree with that. Oh shit! Damage control. What nigga can we get in here? To be a nigga face, uh, but not stir up no trouble. Oh, let's do Jay Z. I think that's I think that's his lot in I think that's his lot in life in general nowadays. And I well, think that's I mean, how he. So it changed. So that goes back to what we were talking about. Author thing when I told you they pander for profit, and I think that's what they're political. They're, they're conscious. They're conscious for coin. That's what they are. Yeah, that's a different conversation because that's more. That's a different conversation, but that that goes into this. I think that I so to bring it back to the NFL, I think it was a oh shit, let's get you know, we we're alienating some people we need to get we need to bring back into the fold using Game of Thrones. How do we bring them back into the fold? This guy's the best person to do it. He's a pun in their big scheme of things. Exactly, and that's what I agree with. So And uh he went no after he I don't need the NFL, the NFL needs me, and now that's what they did. Just to just to calm this shit down. And I think they get rid of it after a while. That being said, we had a podcast a couple years ago we was talking about it, and I was like, and I said that this will hurt them or it will be, it will, may not hurt, but it will be more damaged than you would think. And this is a move that shows that them, that whole kneeling thing took on a bigger toll than even they 
And even you, because we had this discussion that you thought it would. Oh, it took a bigger toll. Do it? Did it affect them? Probably not. Like I think that this whole you you know Rock Nation thing is still one of those things that's really not needed. But them being ultra kind of, hey, we can't let a dollar slide out of our hands. Right. So I think that. It, I, Huh? So it goes back to what you said. So it goes back to what I'm saying. The greed would be their demise. So the greed part, I, I, I think the, I think the whole Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing hurt more in the hurt hurt the trees, but not the forest. If that makes sense. I think it hurt more than what you think. Uh, I, I don't well, see. You don't hire a nigga like Jay Z because you don't there. You don't have three. You don't have whatever Martin, John Lewis, and whoever else doing the coin toss because it's not there. They're doing damage control, and that's clear. To see. Okay, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't. I think that they're doing it just because. Hey, Martin said we may lose twenty million if we don't count, okay, include blacks in it. Twenty million. Make sure we even though twenty million is a drop in the bucket for them. And I'm just using a hypothetical number. I do think that they want it. They don't like any business. If you get if you used to making, it's just like a paycheck. The minute you get $2,000 a week, you're expecting $2,000 a week at least for the rest of your life. Nobody ever jumps up and down when they say, hey, you're getting your paycheck cut. So I think that that's what happened with the owners. Like they saw a loss, a possible loss in money and did made the, made the um, proper adjustments. I disagree. In the culture that's an apologetic cutthroat culture, I think it started to hit them. Because, you know, in this culture, you have motherfuckers who don't even have this issue who get on this issue because that's just the thing to do. So there's vegetarians, there's PETA people, there's people who don't have nothing to do and don't even know about what's going on. The NFL did what? And now they're on it. And now that's the loss. And that's the hit that they're taking to the reputation. Yeah, so I mean, that's bad publicity, but I don't think it affects their bottom. I don't think it. I, I, I don't think that affected his bottom line as much. No, they don't move in a way of, hey, if their bottom line not affected, they don't do something. No, no, they that's my point. That's exactly my point. Like, they move in a... If our bottom line can be affected, what can what what can we preemptively do or do in the moment to keep that from changing? Like a lot of this is projections. A lot of this Jay Z stuff is maybe not as much damage control, but hey, let's just smooth it over to make sure everything is fine before it gets there. I think this is damage control. So unlike a lot of other stuff, as soon as that helmet stuck on my mother's on with their children playing it, they move swiftly. As far as blacks are concerned, everybody, the whole country moves slowly. So it took it took a while for them to move. So what happened is they had to get the numbers to see, hey, this is an impact, and now you have this kind of movement. I agree with that. I, again, I agree with it. it's an impact. I'm not saying that I don't think it's a crazy impact. I think that they are used to getting that two thousand dollars, and the guy said, "Hey, we're going from two thousand to $1,750. you are losing only ten percent of your salary, but that's ten percent you probably were banking on. So that's what I, and I think that you don't. I think that nobody wants to do that. So I think that that's what happened with the owners. I agree. Maybe maybe that's what happened. But I, I think that we all know it had to take a hit. Do you think that Jay Z would be well, that whatever that is would be of any kind of effect or make any matter in any of this? Yeah, I think people would listen to Jay Z. I think very little will happen. I Man, I think that whatever the people who were leaving will come back. I think they were coming back anyway, but this will help them come back a week or two I fast. I just think he's a trot out. That's what I think. Hey, well, I got, I got nigga friends. Look, hey, yo, get that nigga in the back. What's his name? Jay. Yeah, that's him. Come here. Hey, look. That's just how you look at the world. Uh, he he carries some. He carries weight. Boy, please. 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 Boy,
freeze. He cares. Wait. The guys he going in there with is not even. He don't even have the money he have with the color. I think he's. No, no, I'm not saying wait. We don't say he can. He can guarantee a certain number of black people. Hey, my following is this big. They will. Yeah, I'm not saying that. That's why they got him. But I'm saying he's just with like Trump. Look at the black Trump voters. We got them. There they go right now. They go my African American. They go them two bitches over there who talk all that shit. Them two, the monkeys. Bring them over here. That's them. I, I, that's what he is, and so I, I think. Yeah, but I think he's that. What you're saying, I think that's, I think that's his lot in general. So like the NFL need him now, but for something else, I think that that. I mean, but that again, this is going to more Jay Z than the NFL. So like, I, that's his lot. Long story short, I don't understand. Like, I, I'm, I guess I'm missing your point about. So I, I will agree with you in the fact that the NFL. Had some damage again. I don't think it's as much damage as you think it is, but I do think they I had think some it's damage. Bigger than what you think it is. I, I just think it's they're used to making a certain amount of money, and why take any loss on any money when they could just do this and keep all the money? I really do think it's. I'm not saying it's minimal. I'm just saying I don't think. I think it's. Hey, we used to get one billion a year. Blacks have cost us two hundred million. Hey, we can't go back to eight hundred million. Let's keep the blacks. Let's keep that two hundred million. Bring Jay Z. So, so to circle back, NFL just keep their nose fucking clean. We can get our game back. This oh. leads to some problems, right? And I think you mentioned it with one of the biggest problems with some diva, some cunt, Antonio Brown want to holler about. But that's one of the pros that need to be in the NFL, and that's the hell. What do you think about it? I mean, we talked about it. So just technology, you know, they have new, basically, pads that can sense how hot you are. They have new technology and helmets. They have better mouthpieces. It's just needed. They have better monitoring. So, like, from a health standpoint, this is the most healthy the NFL has been or football has been because this is trickling all the way down to Little League, to a good, proper Little League, where they're saying, hey, if a kid looks tired, give him rest. If a kid takes a bad hit, he can't play for two or three weeks or whatever. Like, these are rules that are trickling down, and the NFL is leading them. I know college, I know they will. Chip Kelly actually is an innovator in a lot of this. He was the first one to be like, hey, I need to know what my players' temperatures are at every time. Because the temperature basically was saying how tired they were. And he tied it all to some specific data points or whatever. And I think the NFL leveraged some of that. Leveraged the stuff with the helmets because they had to. And now they're getting a healthier game. And I think it's going to trickle all the way down. So I think it is one of those things to say, ultimately, you can go and say, hey, mom, we do know that football is a violent game. But it's like being in the car. Your child is, it's like having a car seat in a, a baby in a car seat in the car. Yeah, driving can be violent, but your baby's the safest one in the car. I think that that's the point they're going to get to. Yeah, and I like that. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I think those are some of the things that I do like that the NFL are instituted. Uh, because the game needed to, as, as the player evolved, the equipment needs to evolve as well. You can't, they, you can't wear warm boots in this NFL. You just can't do that. And I think that's the beauty of the NFL. Get your equipment to match its players. Um, and, and leave some of these rules and stuff out of it. And then we can get back to some football. What are the good positives that you're, that you're seeing with the NFL? Again, like I was saying, just kind of I think the inclusive nature is good. I think they're doing it the wrong way. I think trying to include everybody into the NFL is a good a good prospect. Like I think they're doing it the wrong way, but I think that they have a good idea. I think trying to market local cities and local teams, like the way that they try to market teams and make it more of a 
hey, follow this team aspect. I always thought that was where the NFL won, was that, hey, you follow the season and the team, not a player. Because once that player goes, he takes a lot of his fans with him. It's a lot of joy motherfuckers who barely watch the NBA now. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you like the Tennessee Titans, you're going to always like the Tennessee Titans regardless. And so I think that, and I think they're doing a better job of it. I think that the, I think that one thing people don't like, and again, this, how did the devil's in the details, but actual output is actually good. These great stadiums, these innovative stadiums, but how, again, we live in the city where we just had one and the devil's in the details, but look at what Arlington and there's a video board did for Dallas, um, for the popularity of the NFL. Look at what Mercedes Benz is doing for the popularity of the Falcons. These stadiums are really good things in totality. It's just how we get to them isn't probably the best way. They did a good thing with the fan experience, and I agree with you and what they're doing with the with the way that they're marketing their teams. Because now, if you look at it, maybe besides Detroit, every team is being highlighted, and even Detroit will as well. They the way that the cap is structured, the way that the NFL is structured, your team will have uh, some kind of say so, make you want to go. So now the Cardinals suck, but the Cardinals got a lightning rod with the with the quarterback that they drafted. Yeah, and everyone will be you know, just talking and, and wanting to see him. I want to see him. I want to see what he do, Kyler Murray. I want to see what he do. I want to see how it works. You know, the San Francisco has a storyline. Like, every team has a storyline. The Eagles have a storyline. Minnesota has a storyline. Hell, even, even the Jets have a storyline with Le'Veon Bell coming back. Cleveland is now being catapulted to maybe they can go to the yeah, let's say that for the preview. Let's say that for the preview. But I do have, I, I, I want to get out of here on this final pro. And I think that this is probably the biggest pro to popularity in the football. I think that fantasy, how they red zone and fantasy. I think that those are two things where the NFL blows other sports out of the water. The way that they're able to scare, and maybe this is a natural progression. The way that they're able to condense their game into red zone to the most excitable plays. I'm surprised the NBA hasn't done this with like key dunks and key threes or key plays or key and play chunks. needs to do it because they don't want to fucking 80-some games. Yeah, so like you would think like, and I know it's it's hard to do it. It's easier to do it because the NFL is only pretty much on one day a week. Blase this, blase that. But you would just think that how they've done the red zone and what they've done with fantasy. The popularity that fantasy has gained is probably the most positive thing NFL has done in 50 years. Like, fantasy has people who don't give a fuck about football, not even still giving a fuck about football, but just caring about, hey, what did Kyler Murray today? Hey, what did Julio do today? Hey, what did DeMarco Murray do today? Whoever the running back is. Like, they don't know anybody else, but hey, what's my running back doing today? Fantasy football keeps, it has propelled the NFL to another level. Agreed. You might want to go ahead and tell a friend, tell a friend. We're looking forward to this season. Look forward to the podcast. All right, DigitalDarren.com. we got an NFL preview coming. Of course, we got Falcons football week coming. We're going to try to sneak a couple of non-football podcasts in. If not, um, before the season, probably the first couple of weeks in the season. We're also going to do some more um, NFL podcasts. I think we got one or two more outside of the preview coming. But in, this has been DigitalDarren.com. Thank you for listening. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.